Hi, my name is Ray McLennan and I'm the creator of theskillstack.com and your host and I'm here in the Skillstack studio with another episode to help show and grow your skills which help you raise your value to yourself, your business and your family. Now, the whole list of upcoming episodes has been shelved for now, hibernated until such time as it's appropriate to bring them out. And the title of this episode is called Coping in a Crisis. Now, if you're driving or you're listening to this or you're unable to take notes, don't worry, you will be able to get the important information or the checklists in the show notes. So, coping in a crisis. Now, I'm old enough to remember an album by a group called Supertramp. Crisis? What crisis? They were probably right back then in the 1970s when they had strikes and inflation and power cuts in the UK, but we now know it wasn't really a crisis, was it? Today it's a bit like, uh, you know, that film Crocodile Dundee when he gets mugged in New York. It's another reference you can look up if you don't know it. The mugger holds up a knife to his face and demands his watch and wallet. The knife's about the same size of a knife that you would eat your dinner with, and Mick Dundee's girlfriend, standing behind him, screams in shock, Mick, he has a knife! Mick doesn't look all that phased. After all, he skins crocodiles in the Australian outback for a living. So he pulls out his own knife, which is like a small machete, and he says the immortal lines as he turns the huge knife so that it glints in the light and everyone can see it. That's not a knife. That's a knife. The mugger drops back in horror, and him and his mugger mates standing behind him all run off. So the 1970s, the 80s, ERM, interest rate rises to 15%, the millennium bug, 9-11, war in the Middle East, financial collapse, 2008, they were sporadic, local-style crisis that affected some parts of the world or the economy in certain areas. That was, in effect, a small knife. But this one, this COVID-19, now already this is a crisis. And it's important that we acknowledge that. This is the bigger knife that Mick Dundee held up. So it's important we all do our bit, play our part in being part of the solution and not part of the problem. So COVID-19, wise words, mindset, strategy, coping in a crisis. Okay, for those of you who've been listening to the Skillstack podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm very keen on mindset. In fact, the Skillstack starts, try saying that with teeth, the Skillstack starts with 12 modules on mindset, then 12 modules on training, then 12 modules on strategy and how to put the training into practice. So let's get into some things that will help you cope and some ways to quickly implement these coping mechanisms during this particular crisis. Now, the way we feel at the best of times is triggered by outside events, of course, and that can and does change how we act. And the way we act can then reinforce how we feel. So it's effectively a spiral that we need to watch out for and break out of. You cannot control the situation, but you can control your reaction. Because the opposite's also true as well, and far more in our area of active control. How we act always changes how we feel. Think about you or your children when you don't want to do something. You really don't want to go for that walk, take online exercise class, or go cycling. It's easier not to do it. But when you do do it, you feel a lot better for it. So this is a perfect moment for doing, for upskilling, for a sprint in learning something that's been on your mind for some time or is perceived as difficult to learn. Not because a lecturer or a boss made you do it, but because we choose to. And not only do we get to keep that skill forever, but the act of doing, of taking control and expending the effort, 
will change our mood for the good. And this is also a perfect moment for generous connection to people we may have not connected with for some time. So take advantage of that. Don't wait for someone else to do it. You can do it. And the upside is that it's a significant posture shift for you, one which might change who you see when you look in the mirror. We might not be able to do anything about external events, but we have control over our own actions, over our own internal events. Sometimes it's hard to stare straight into that opportunity because it comes with a lot of responsibility. What will you learn today? Who will you teach? Well, here's what I'm going to teach. Coping in a crisis. I've gathered in a lot of good advice from people who've been in real-life crises as emergency workers in some of the toughest places on earth. Also from submariners who've had to live in a steel tube under the sea for months on end. And from the likes of Scott Kelly, a retired NASA astronaut who spent over 500 days on the International Space Station. How did they cope? I'm also going to distill some of these mindset thoughts down to give you some coping mechanisms of my own, mixed in, but rather than just 12 modules, I've upped this episode to cover 22 tips. You will be able to print this off and you can, of course, look at it on a daily basis whilst we all go through this pandemic crisis. So here we go, 22 tips for coping in a crisis. First off, number one, don't panic. Have the right expectations. Easier said than done, but it doesn't help. Deep breath, everyone. Whether you like this or not, we're all in this for the long haul and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. So start with that clear assumption and don't panic. Number two, reactions. Now, everybody reacts differently to crises and emergencies. Some people information seek like mad. Some get angry. Some pick fights in real life or on social media. Some panic. Some make a lot of jokes. Some deny there is a problem. Some become incredibly active and efficient and want to help. We saw that in the UK, with over 400,000 people volunteering for the NHS in just 24 hours. We're also seeing it in the farming industry in the UK, where thousands of people have offered to help bring in the up-and-coming vegetable harvests. Some people will withdraw and some will fall off the radar. Some don't care. These are fundamentally all coping mechanisms for the same thing, which at its root is a deep sense of fear and a loss of control. Now, they're all valid. The bottom line is we'll need to be kind to each other. And that includes if someone is being aggressive or argumentative or overbearing. Experience suggests we'll all have a bit of a meltdown at some time. We'll all probably have a bit of a cry. We'll whinge, we'll shout, we'll scream and tell anyone who'll listen how unfair all of this is. And we will feel a bit poor me, guaranteed, at some point. That's just the way it goes. Number three, right now is the worst part. The worst bit of a crisis is that moment when everybody collectively realises the severity of what we're facing and thinks, shit. It's that moment at the top of the roller coaster when we all look down. It's horrible, but it doesn't last. In a little while, everything will start to normalise and find a new rhythm. It'll be a different life and a much harder one for some, but it will have structure and routine. I've spoken to volunteers who've been in huge camps of disaster survivors a week after an earthquake, a tornado or a war. And there are always already communities reforming, hairdressers and barbers opening up, coffee shops and bakeries are pumping out the smell of freshly cooked bread. Humans are incredibly adaptable. Also, you're about to find out just how many amazing people you have around you. And this is one of the best bits. Number four, there will be good parts. Jane, 
a Red Cross volunteer said, I always struggle to explain why I loved working in a crisis, but it basically boils down to the fact that when the chips are down, people are just incredible at looking after each other. You'll never see community support offered to strangers in kindness like the witch that emerges in a crisis situation. Unimportant things melt away, at least for a while, and stark choices cause us to ask, who are you? Love your friends and family and take care of them. They are what will get you through this, and you them. You'll see people do amazing things, things you'll never forget, and you'll do amazing things too. Number five, routine. Now this is a biggie. This is one of the best things you can do. Establish a routine around wake-up time. Now you'll see this in episode 27 of the Skillstack podcast about routine. But establish a routine around, around wake-up time. Breakfast, have a menu for each day so you'll know what day it is by what you eat for either breakfast or preferably dinner. Divide your day up into work, rest, exercise, meals, hobbies, play, television, watching and online activities. Include time in here for cleaning and washing clothes as your house will start to get grungy if you ignore it. Everyone in the house should take their own turns at this. You can create a simple rota. Cook, garden, knit, draw, do jigsaws, repair stuff. Do things with your hands that don't involve a screen. It's basically like meditation and you'll relieve stress better than anything ever involving a screen. Schedule TV box sets and allow other members of the family to pick something that everyone must watch at least 30 minutes of without complaint. Number six, meals. Take time to prepare meals. Go online and check out all the creative ways to prepare pasta, for example. There are some brilliant ones, including making your own simple tagliatelle using flour and water. I mean, what else? Prepare a good mix of feast and famine. This will stop you putting on too much weight. Some days you can have chicken and potatoes, others homemade pizza, and others soup and homemade bread will be enough. And get in as much fruit and vegetables as you can. Number seven, privacy. If you can and if you have enough space in your home, let other people in the family create a space for themselves where they can go and have a bit of privacy and be alone. Let your kids or others put a notice on their bedroom door saying, keep out or knock before entering. And make sure everyone accepts and follows these notices. Kids can create dens in almost any nook or cranny and given the chance, will build dens from sheets and cushions. Let them do it. Number eight, exercise. Regardless of age or condition, you need to do this. Yoga is great when you're stuck indoors and so are online classes. But if you've got an outdoor area or a bit of space indoors, you really can't beat skipping for getting your heart rate up in seconds and for making you feel better. If you don't have a rope, a bit of washing line, plastic one, is an excellent substitute. Even just a few minutes of this and you'll already feel a load better and you'll feel out of breath, which is exactly what you want. Or put on some music and dance. You won't even have to pretend no one can see you. This will lift your soul as well as your heart rate. Number nine. Drink. Hooray for a crisis in which wine stockpiling is actually an option. But seriously, as Jane, our Red Cross volunteer, says... Having a relaxing drink available makes a huge change from lockdown in driest countries. She goes on... Obviously this is for those of us who have issues, don't have issues with drinking and alcohol. And even then we need to be careful as too much alcohol will make the anxiety worse and it's also a depressant. But if you opt for spirits, go for vodka. She says... I'm a gin person myself, 
but it does tend to need tonic, ice and lemon, which in disaster zones can be harder to source than the gin itself. But vodka can be sloshed into anything. Drunk, neat, at a pinch, it can be drunk warm. Plus an extremist, it's better than nothing as a disinfectant. Let's hope we never need to go there. But like anything in life, good or bad, you do need to drink in moderation. Now that includes non-alcoholic drinks as well. Tea, coffee, water, all of them have side effects if you take too much. Well, as for me, I've arranged a few online virtual drink meetups. We will be using Zoom, and of course it's bring your own bottle. But the rule is, you'll need to be smartly dressed to attend. I shall be wearing a black tie myself. Nothing else, just a black tie. I'll be sitting down though. Actually, it reminds me of a message that one of my friends sent to me the other day. It said, before I set off to buy groceries yesterday, I read the online guidance from the supermarket. It said I'd be safe if I wore gloves and a face mask. They lied. People were also wearing clothes. I was so embarrassed. I don't know why I gave him. Why did I give him a posh voice like that? He doesn't sound like that at all. Number 10, stocking up. If you're really going to isolate, you do need to do this, but don't go mad. We're not on a remote Pacific island. Include some treats amongst the basic foods. Back to Jane, a Red Cross volunteer, who said, Trust me, you have no idea how obsessed it is possible to become about nice treats. There have been times in my life when cheese was seriously the most exciting thing in the entire world. A diet of baked beans, pasta, will keep you going, but it will be get very dull and won't help your mental health. Easter eggs are half price or less right now. Chocolate, sweets... Chris, your comfort food of choice should all be in there. But top tip is things like keep well, like cured meats, wax cheese, tasty things in tins and smoked salmon. If, if you can afford it, do a bit of stocking up at local delicatessens if they're open. They'll also need your business much more than the big supermarkets. So cured meats are a great item to get. And if it gets bad, really bad... It's excellent currency in a middle-class barter economy. Wait till you see what your mates will do for a packet of Parma ham. But also don't forget things like light bulbs, toothpaste, toothbrushes and washing powder. Number 11. Transport. If you haven't got a bike, think about getting one. If you have got one, get it fixed. Interesting that the UK government allowed bike shops to remain open as an essential, and yet they got slated for it. Bicycles are definitely going to be the most reliable, safest and healthiest way of getting around in cities at least. And when you do go out, it might be only even the remotely safe way of socialising for a while. Plus, panniers on a bike make shopping quite convenient. Interesting uh, story is that when the tsunami hit Banda Aceh in 2014, when asked what they wanted first, tents, water, medical supplies, the locals and the Salvation Army on the ground said bicycles, send bikes. The rest we can get if we can move around. Now, you'll need to avoid public transport, but if you have a car, fill it. Brim it. Fill any canisters you have to the top. Fuel shortages aren't on the cards right now, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Number 12 is connect. Keep in touch with people. Arrange a daily online morning coffee call with friends and work colleagues. You can use Zoom or Skype or whereby.com for this. Make the timing of the online meeting or meetup 20 past the hour or 20 to the hour, not on the hour or on the half hour. And that's because if too many people log in at the same time, then there's a risk that the sites will crash. In the UK, get online before noon if you can, because that's when the Americans start to wake up and they'll go online and then things can start to get sluggish. 
It's interesting that Netflix and YouTube have made changes already to their streaming capability. They've reduced the bandwidth and quality to allow more people to access their service in anticipation of all this. Number 13 is help for others. Help your local community if it's safe to do so and if you're not in an at-risk group. But remember, follow the guidelines. One of the best ways to treat any mental health issue that you might have is helping others. Show gratitude as well. In an earlier podcast, episode number 24, I talked about having a journal. And in that journal, one of the most important things you can do each day is to express gratitude for something. Just one thing that you're help gratitude for makes a big, big difference and can really help. Okay, number 14 is medicines. Now, if you get this at home, this COVID-19, you're almost certainly going to have to home treat yourself at least until it's either clear or, or if you're one of the people that are not so badly affected. But if you have a headache and it feels like you're breathing in glass, then you're going to need to call the emergency services. Other people, of course, are far better to advise on this than me. Take advice from actual medical professionals, not from the internet. But you'll certainly need things in your house like painkillers, aspirin, paracetamol. Normal ailments will still be around like toothache and guaranteed you'll stub your toe on something or you'll cut your finger. Also, you need to keep your bedding and clothes as disease-free as possible. The advice is loads of warm fluids. So for me, that's tea, green tea in particular. You're also going to need things to make water taste nicer, such as lemon juice or diluting juice. Now, they're not strictly medicines, but, but can be medicinal. And talking of medicinal, malt whiskey, the water of life, aquavitae. Thankfully, I've got a couple of bottles set aside, and it's one of the few things the kids won't want to share. 15. Help for you. Ask for it if you need it. There's no prizes for suffering in silence. In the first instance, call friends and family and let them know how you feel. Get outside if you can. Feel the sun on your face if you can. Meditation is great if you can do it as well. Mindstore.com is brilliant. And start to follow Jack Black Mindstore on Facebook for some great tips, advice and videos on mental health. Each day or every other day, shower. Put on makeup. Well, not me, but, you know, women. Put on makeup, dress up, or at least don't hang about in pyjamas all day. Watch comedy or comedy films. Listen to comedy podcasts. There's loads of them out there. Schedule it in to have a bit of me time if you can. Headphones with music can help drown out the voices, whether they're real or imagined. Number 16. Limit social media and realise your own susceptibility to rumours. The rumour mill goes absolutely mad at times like this. From hot water treatments to believing that the military are about to take over everything, the myths will fly around and we will all fall for at least some of them at some point. It's not stupidity, it's human nature. Scared people are really bad at evaluating data and especially risk. Clever people, if anything, are even more susceptible because they believe that they are too smart to fall for misleading information. But they are wrong. Now, don't gloat if you catch someone out, because it'll be you next. Schedule in your social media and keep it to a minimum. Don't be grabbing your phone every time it pings. Switch off these announcements and turn off your phone even for a day to give your head peace. Now, in earlier podcasts, I've mentioned some apps that you can get, and one of them is called Forest. And when you turn on the Forest app, it grows trees. Now, they're only virtual digital trees, but for some reason... It works because you pick up your phone and it says if you answer this or if you use the phone, you're going to kill the tree. And for some reason, people don't want to kill the digital tree. It does work. 
Okay, as well as limiting social media, number 17 will be to limit news exposure. Now, in addition to feeding the rumour mill, spending too much time watching the news will just create more stress. Likewise, spend too much time online and sure as eggs are eggs, you'll find infinite rabbit holes and this will do very bad things for your mental health. Staying up all night reading or flicking through your phone is not going to make you an instant epidemiologist. Just sleep deprived, which makes everything worse. Ration it. Trust reliable sources like the NHS and be like the BBC of old. Double check everything you hear, especially if you really want to believe it's true. Now, don't forward or share anything sensational, please, until you check it. Turn the phone off. Turn the news off. Go outside and feel the spring sunshine. Number 18 is expect more change. We don't know very much about this bug yet. and The scientists are learning more every day. The advice will alter on that basis. And it's not because our evil government is trying to kill us. It's because they're finding out new things all the time about how it affects different groups about what works and what doesn't work. And this happens in every epidemic with a new bug. It's weird, but it's normal. And it's completely fascinating if you're you know, in that sphere and you're a nerd, which all outbreak professionals and Red Cross people really are at times. Number 19. Small gestures mean a huge amount. Flowers left on somebody's doorstep, a card saying I'm thinking of you, a phone call, a direct message, the last slice of Parma ham, they take on real disproportionate impact. Do the little things because they hugely count. It's the little things that make the big difference. In fact, if you can go even 24 hours without complaining to anyone, not even once, watch yours and their mental health change for the better. Number 20, humour is hugely important. So important that sometimes I've seen overseas aid worker descriptions that actually ask for this as a qualification. But never forget the healing power of a good laugh, especially good with children. Make yourself and the people around you laugh and you'll all feel better. There is actual science for this. Everything from watching comedy shows to, I don't know, sharing memes online that are funny about this whole COVID-19. Now, if you lose your sense of humour, Take that as a warning sign that you are not doing okay. A good laugh and long sleep are probably the two best cures for anything. Number 21. Underlying problems do not go away. One of the things about crises is that they seem to be the only show in town. But people's day-to-day -day problems do not stop. They only get compounded. If you're in an unhappy relationship if you're mentally ill, if you're dealing with addiction, infertility, coping with a family death, or your identity's been stolen, or you're in a custody battle, then these things do not stop. They just get compounded. But everyone else tends to forget. So if this is one of your friends, keep taking care of them on that level too. Talk to them. Encourage them to find the appropriate support for their own particular challenge. Schedule that online call with them. Schedule that coffee call with them. The problem's do not go away. Number 22. One day, all this will be over. The day will come when we're going to meet up for drinks, not virtual, and we're going to gather for dinners, not virtual, and laugh and raise glasses and chat and hug and relax together and have conversations and a life without care. Every day that we go through this is a day closer to that particular day. 
Maybe we'll even be better people in a better world and one in which we can get a, an inoculation for this virus and forget all about it. But if we're not, this will still have ended. And the rest of our lives, blessed as they are in this country and continent where we do not face these kind of restrictions and far, far worse, every day of our lives, as so many do, and because we live in the age of modern medicine, we will be epidemic-free. We're going to get back to the humdrum existence of first-world problems, of complaining about nothing, and maybe perhaps with new knowledge of our local neighbours and new friends, because that's who the strangers on our streets actually turned out to be. I'm going to raise a glass to that. Today, I've got a virtual meeting in two days' time where we're all meeting to raise virtual glasses. And one day soon, we'll all raise a glass together in the same room. But the main thing is, be kind to yourself and others. Of course you're feeling anxious and stressed. That's millions of years of evolution and is actually a coping mechanism. But this time, though, you are not alone in this crisis. You are not alone in feeling this way. Millions of others are feeling this way as well. But millions of others are also working to fix things on your behalf. You need to do your bit. You need to ensure that you're part of the solution and not part of the problem. And remember that running away from problems is a race you will never win. And if you do one thing, just one thing of all the things listed in this episode, make it that you prepare a routine. Write it out. Follow it. Make sure others in your family follow it as well. Put up little post-it notes around your house with the routine and the timings on it and follow it to the letter. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. You can, of course, find out more information in the show notes that accompany all the episodes. And if you have any questions, you want to ask me about anything in this podcast, you can join the Skill Stack on Facebook or in Twitter at the Skill Stack. Or you can email us directly, info at theskillstack.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and I hope to talk to you again on the next episode. And remember, the greatest investment you'll ever make is investing in yourself. I've been Ray McLennan. This has been the Skillstack Podcast. Thank you once again for listening. Stay safe and goodbye. <laughs>